Doesn't it? Good morning. Shake of the day. Bob Bosol with you as we take a look at, uh, well, farm news, catch up on World Dairy Expo, the National FFA Convention, markets, whole lot of things to get done today. And uh, we'll get them done. Thanks for being along with us. Jill again down in Indianapolis for the National FFA Convention. We'll get updates from her as well as she's got a lot of chasing around to do because our uh, Young people are very much involved now in the competition, and uh, she'll be running around the convention trying to get information of uh, which teams are advancing, which individuals are being recognized for their involvement in FFA and agriculture. Busy young lady down there at Indianapolis, but uh, I'm sure she'll get her done. We'll get an update from her coming up. And again, we want to thank H&S Manufacturing and the Nasonville Dairy in Marshfield for sponsoring our FFA reports from Indianapolis, and again, we uh, will have those reports uh, coming up here in just a little while. Also, we got something uh, really fun now. Win a half a hog for the harvest as a thanks for all your hard work. The farm team here is giving the gift of pork this season. And we got some good partners to go along with it. Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. You can win a half a hog and a chest freezer to keep her cold. You can do that by winning it right here on Wax. All you have to do is go to the Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com or on your app to register. That's all there is to it. Go to the Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com or on your app to register. And thanks to all of our farmers of the 715 from yours truly, also Jill and Kristen here in the farm department. But uh, we're going to send somebody a half a hog and a chest freezer to keep it cold, courtesy of the good folks at Smith Brothers Meats and and Abbotsford Appliance. Every time I think of Smith Brothers Meats of Colby, I think of the dairy breakfast in central Wisconsin and those guys out there cooking the sausages on the grill and oh it's delicious stuff that's for sure so good things win a half a hog and the harvest season world dairy expo that's all wrapped up we've got the final numbers we'll share some of those with you and uh, take a look at uh, upcoming things as far as the uh, ffa is concerned and uh, Jill tells us, courtesy again of uh, Nasonville Dairy and H&S Manufacturing, the first session of the 95th convention kicked off yesterday afternoon with the National FFA officers reciting the FFA reflections to start the FFA, the present and the future. The theme this year of the convention, Let's Do This, and President uh, Cole Bearlocker chaired the session with the announcement there are 65,132 members and guests registered for the convention. Indiana's Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch welcomed the group with Indiana Agricultural Facts. Then following the Parade of Flags, National Advisor Cheryl Zimmerman from right here in Spencer gave a moving welcome address with a focus of FFA is greater than ourselves. FFA sponsors were recognized with Case IH and Lincoln Electric celebrating 75 years of support to the National FFA Foundation. Tamika Ketchings gave a speech keynote address last night. Be bold, believe in your dreams, open to change, lead with love, dare to be remarkable, and she'll be back on the stage again today later on. And, of course, those sessions are always full down there. And we'll get more from the Indianapolis Convention as we go along this morning. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Lots of good weather coming our way today. It'll get to mid to upper 50s around the area, partly cloudy, partly sunny, however you want to look at it. Down to 33 overnight tonight and uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's going to be nice. Partly sunny to partly cloudy. In fact, uh, Saturday and Tuesday look like pretty much full Sundays. It'll be probably more cloudy than sunny today, but again, a high of 56. Right now, cool spots uh, down around Black River Falls, 22. We've also got 27 up at Medford. Rice Lakes, 34. Wausau's 30. Marshfield, 29. 34 in La Crosse. 31 at Green Bay, Madison, and Sun Prairie. Milwaukee at 38 this morning. And it's a very pleasant 33 right here in Eau Claire. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the folks at Smith Brothers Meats, not only processing your wild game, but your domestic uh, animals as well, and that includes hogs. And uh, we're going to give away a half a hog, courtesy of Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. Listen to this. As a thanks for all your hard work, the farm team here at Wax is giving the gift of pork this season. Win yourself a half hog and a chest freezer, meat courtesy, obviously, of Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. All you have to do is go to the Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com or on your app to register. Thanks to all the farmers from here in the 715 and uh, also down in the, the 608 where we reach as well from uh, yours truly, Jill and Kristen of our farm department here. So get registered to win a half a hog and a chest freezer to put it in. Smith Brothers meets a Colby Abbotsford Appliance. All right, let's take a look at our markets courtesy of the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance. Livestock trade, uh, cash livestock numbers, choice-fed beef steers 140 to 151, mixed steers 107 to 138, the heifers, choice beef heifers 140 to 150, the mixed 88 to 137, choice-fed Holstein steers 125 to 139, the select and silage-fed 92 to 124, cows 64 to 99, the bulls 82 to 105, butcher hogs 62 to 94, sows 53 to 62, and the boars 15 to 34. Shorn market lambs, a dollar to a dollar five. Unshorn market lambs, ninety-five to one hundred five, and the feeder lambs, seventy-five to one sixty-five. Livestock futures mostly higher yesterday. October live cattle were down twenty-two. That contract one fifty-one forty-five. Then those high contracts were higher. December live cattle one fifty-three fifty-seven, up twenty-seven. February 157.02 up 32 in April cattle 159.57 up 32. Feeder cattle October was down 17 at 176.42. Then November up 90 at 178.82. January feeder cattle 181.25 up a dollar. March 183.05 up 105 and April at 186.92 up 85. Lean hog carcass contracts were higher across the board. December hogs, 88.50, that was up a nickel. February, 91 even, that was up 32. April at 94.17, up 22. And May contracts, 98.20, that was up 20. On the Board of Trade, corn was lower yesterday under some harvest pressure. Beans finished to higher on uh, good demand for soybean oil. Overnight, December corn up 2 at 6.87. The oats up 4 at 3.61. 
Wheat up nine on the December contract at eight forty nine. November beans up six, thirteen eighty eight. Meal up two eighty. Excuse me, up two eighty a ton for December at four hundred eleven dollars and fifty cents. Dairy markets uh, struggling this week. Barrel cheese down below two dollars now. In fact, both bar- barrels and blocks below two dollars. Barrel cheese one ninety eight a pound down two and a half. Blocks one ninety nine and three quarters down four and a quarter. Butter down a quarter of a cent at three dollars and fifteen cents a pound. October class three was unchanged twenty one seventy eight. November down thirty eight at twenty forty seven. December down twenty five at nineteen ten. January down sixteen at nineteen thirteen. And February down fifteen at nineteen thirty three. And uh, that's the way our markets look this morning, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. We've got FFA coverage. Uh, we're going to get to Jill here down there in Indianapolis. Our program is brought to you by H&S Manufacturing and the Nasonville Dairy. Nasonville Dairy proudly supporting over 180 local dairy farms while producing award-winning cheeses and fresh cheese curds daily. Oh, they're good. When you get over there, get those fresh cheese curds from the Nasonville Dairy. And uh, we'll catch up with Jill down in Indianapolis right after this. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Let's Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. There we go. Once again, we've got uh, the National FFA Convention going on down there in Indianapolis. Our Jill Welke is down there. She caught up with some of the Menominee FFA members down there. They're judging in Parley Pro, and uh, let's catch up with that activity. Jill and some Menominee FFA members. The 95th National FFA Convention is in full swing, and I caught up with some chapter members that are competing in the National Parley Pro Contest later on today. I've got Emily Zukowski. How did you guys get ready for this? We've been practicing for about once or twice every week, and practicing our different debates, what we can do for that, our salient points, and then coming together as a team and talking in unison, everything like that. And I'm going to talk to Kira Prock now. You're down here at Nationals. How did you get here? Um, like, do you mean like transportation-wise or like? <laughs> I mean, what was the process of you getting here? So we had to compete at districts, and then we moved on to sectionals, and then from there we qualified to state, um, and then there we had to win state, which we did, and then that qualified us to come here to Nationals. And Maddie Moses, what is your favorite part of doing the Parley Pro Contest? I absolutely love my teammates. They are some of the greatest support I've ever experienced. Um, they're just some great people, and I really enjoy spending a night or two every week with them and learning more about parliamentary procedure. It's a really great professional quality to learn. You're coming back as kind of an alumni for this. Is this going to be the kind of the last final push that you're going to get it all? Um, somewhat. So I'm actually planning on coming back next year to receive my American degree for FFA. But this will be my last high school event, so that's very exciting for me. Well, congratulations. I've got Brian Steyer. He's the tall one of the group. What is your favorite part about doing the Parley Pro Contest? Uh, I really enjoy being our chairman sometimes, uh, getting to have a little bit of authoritative... So they let you run the meetings? Pretty much. Do you give everybody a fair shake when you're calling on people most days well you got a big grin on your face so i'm pretty sure that they uh make sure that you do looking ahead you're going to do the same contest again next year uh now that we won state and went on to compete at nationals we cannot do it again next year so i'll have to 
find something else to invest my time in. National FFA Convention down there. Parliamentary Procedure Team from the Menominee Chapter and Jill will be busy uh, checking out how they've done and all the other judging teams that we have down there and all the other award presentations and activity at the 95th National FFA Convention in Indianapolis brought to you, as we said, by the Nasonville Dairy and H&S Manufacturing. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock here on a Thursday morning at Wax. Again, partly cloudy day today. High going to get into the mid, uh, maybe upper 50s, depending on where you are. We're 33 right now. Well, the final numbers are in for this year's World Dairy Expo, and they show that the event was very popular. Record number of dairy cattle, 2,663 were exhibited on the colored shavings. Now, that breaks the record of 2,657 animals at the 2008 show. Those animals came from five Canadian provinces and 36 states. The largest breed show was for the Holsteins, 508 animals in that show. Total attendance at Expo, 54,525. That did include 1,375 foreign visitors from 86 countries, with Mexico, Canada, Germany, Brazil, and Colombia having the most attendees. And there were also 672 commercial exhibitors from 24 countries, 6 Canadian provinces, and 44 states on the Expo grounds. Next year's Expo will run from October 1st through the 6th with the theme Dynasty in Dairy. So it's uh, one of those shows you can't see it all in one day with 2,663 head of cattle and visitors from all over the world, 672 commercial exhibitors. You want to watch some of the shows, you want to watch the exhibitors, you can't do it in one day. So uh, next year, plan to spend more than one day at Expo. Now... We want to congratulate some of the teams that were down there judging. This is at World Dairy Expo and the FFA events at Dairy Expo. Dairy Cattle Judging Contest. There were 107 schools. Finishing number one was Auburndale. Marshfield was second. Arcadia was fourth. Baldwin Woodville was seventh. Cochrane Fountain City was eighth. And Rice Lake was tenth. And in the World Forage Management Cup, there were 47 schools. Kadat was number one. Owen Withy was number six. And the top three individuals, Henry Danielson from Kadat was number one. Nicholas Rowe from Kadat was number two. And Nicholas Jensen from Colfax was number three. Dairy Products Contest, 68 schools. Marshfield was fifth. Chippewa Falls was ninth. And the showmanship contest, third place, or second place, rather, was Abby Schlau of Boyceville. Third place was Sophia Kim of Baldwin-Woodville. And in fourth place, Cecilia Dietrich of Cochrane Fountain City. So congratulations to those the schools, those teams, those young people. Great job at World Dairy Expo. Cheese market, what's going on? We're going to find out. Mark Stevenson, dairy economist, is retiring. Uh, had a chance to sit down with our Pam Yonke to talk about it. We'll hear about that next right here on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. For those that have been in the dairy industry for a long time, the traditional difference between barrels and blocks, four to six cents. 
But as we've seen over the past few years, uh, that hasn't been the case. Bob Bosol here at the northern end. Of, for those that have been in the dairy industry for a long time, the traditional difference between barrels and blocks, four to six cents. But as we've seen over the past few years, uh, that hasn't been the case. Bob Bosol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And it does make for confusion in the dairy industry, Pam. So can you straighten us out a little bit? I don't know if I can, but uh, Dr. Mark Stevenson from the Center for Dairy Profitability surely can. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And this really has been a big topic of conversation over the past 30 to 45 days. Why? Because Wisconsin and our dairy industry uh, focuses a lot of attention on cheese prices, whether it's barrel or block. Now, lately, that barrel price has gotten to be stronger than the block price. Uh, that than the block price. The problem is that that sent a lot of our cheese making cooperatives into protection mode. Letters went out to dairy producers telling them that they were going to be docked because of this inversion. How long is it going to last, and why did it happen to begin with? That's what I talked about with Dr. Mark Stevenson from the Center for Dairy Profitability, and he says it is a question that he's had posed to him several times in the past month or a month and a half. Well, it's unusual, Pam, um, and thanks for um, asking me about this. But, um, you know, we had a long history when blocks were always above barrels, and, you know, 20 years ago when we did the federal order reform at that point in time, blocks and barrels moved very closely together. They averaged something like three cents difference with blocks being higher. Um, but, man, since pandemic, you know, anything goes. But, but quite honestly, these have become different markets. I mean, barrel cheese is fundamentally a different product than block cheddar is. They they go for completely different kinds of uses, and we've seen the barrel market uh, do its own thing. And that's when we can get these kind of what we think of as inversions, but they're really just two separate markets that are, are moving apart. Well, and they are markets, like you said, that depend on each other. And again, I realize that dairy farmers know they've got to watch the barrel and black cheese price. But can you explain in layman's terms, Mark, that, you know, the terminology speaks to itself. Those barrels have to provide uh, financial opportunity for blocks to be sold. Well, we used to, um, you know, think of barrels as being the place where you would last put milk. You know, so in other words, they were a balancing mechanism for a marketplace. You could put a fair amount of milk in there. You could store some of this product for a period of time. And, of course, the biggest use of barrel cheese like this is for making processed cheese. Um, You know, those uh, wrapped single slices or cheese whiz type products, that kind of thing. Um, And it's, you know, it's a biggish market on its own, but... Those products are going to move together to some extent, but they've got a life of their own anymore. Um, You know, the need for barrels is separate from blocks. And we used to have plants that could switch from blocks to barrels or or vice versa if the price uh, was indicating they needed more of one product than another. We don't have that so much anymore. Our plants are large and very specialized. They take in milk and they make, you know, a particular product. So we're a little bit more rigid than we used to be. Now explain for people why it seems that Wisconsin is hit particularly hard when barrel and black go uh, opposite of each other. Um, You kind of alluded to it in your previous comments, Mark, about 
the times have changed, our plants have changed, but a lot of dairy producers are getting letters from their cooperative telling them that they're going to see a doc on their milk check. Uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions about why these things are happening and for how long. Well, um, you know, bear with me because it's just a little bit complicated, but it, it, it's not too bad if you think about it. Again, remember, 20 years ago, we had federal order reform. They said blocks and barrels will be used to determine the average cheese price. And we do that with that weekly survey that uh, USDA runs. And um, they, they create a weighted average price of the amount of product that's been sold uh, in those two marketplaces. So when we have barrels that are quite a bit above blocks, then that's going to tend to pull that average up toward barrels and away from the block cheese. Virtually all cheese products, all of the specialty cheeses we make in a state like Wisconsin are priced off of the block market, not the barrel market. So, you know, it's usually CME spot cheddar prices plus something or minus something perhaps if it's a discount. But they're priced off of that block market. So when you've got something that's pulling those cheese prices up quite a bit, um, it creates a higher class three price calculation. And it really compresses the margins in those cheese plants that are making products that are priced off the block market. So that's why we have plants that are having to turn around and say either if they're a cooperatively owned plant, um, we're going to have to assess members, you know, to... Uh, to work this out um, so that the uh, the co-op is, is made whole. Um, or if you're a proprietary plant and that's what you're shipping to and the proprietary plant can't underpay if they're regulated, their choice is to become unregulated or, in other words, uh, drop out of the pool. So those are the two options that we have under these circumstances. Right. And we did see that uh, deep pooling was a big conversation topic during uh, the pandemic and right after. Now, let's talk a little bit about how long we expect this kind of situation to be in the marketplace, Mark. You mentioned at the outset it's a little rare. Well, uh, judging by the emails and phone calls I've got, that's a good thing because uh, we can't handle too much of this. You think it'll be done by the end of the calendar year? Well, um, yeah, I mean, if you think about when's our big demand for cheese, um, it is from Thanksgiving through Super Bowl. And, you know, that's when we've got a lot of product that needs to be fresh and available. That's the barrel market. So right now, I think what we've got are a bunch of plants that are trying to make sure that they're satisfying customer needs to get that product in, get it in the pipeline for our big demand season. And that's pretty much in the books. I mean, obviously, we haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet, but uh, those buyers have made their commitments for how much product they want uh, for the most part. And and we're seeing right now uh, a bit more of the convergence of the barrels and blocks coming together. I haven't seen what happened today, but um, over the last few days, those two markets have been coming together, although barrels still have been a bit higher, but not the 20-some cents that we were watching earlier. Right. You know, you talk about that seasonal influence. The other commodity I want to discuss with you is butter. That has uh, really raised some attention, uh, moving so high. Uh, maybe it's plateaued now. Talk to me about milk movement, where that butter is generally being produced, Mark, and what's going on to drive that butter price. Well, um, the biggest volume of butter is produced on the West Coast. 
Uh, and over there, we see uh, a number, well, uh, just as a good example, here in the upper Midwest, we are generally taking our big milk volume into cheese plants. Um, and some of our cheese plants are a little bit cream surplus, are a little bit cream deficit, but, you know, it's close to being a rough balance in those plants. Um, they might buy some nonfat solids uh, to come in there to balance the uh, cheese vat a little bit, standardize it. But on the West Coast, they aren't balancing with cheese. They're balancing with butter and powder plants. And the powder, of course, is for export. The butter is used almost entirely domestically. We've got some big butter plants uh, in the Midwest, but, um, you know, nothing like the large volume plants that we have out West. Mark Stevenson, along with our Pam Yonke, explaining some of the things going on in the dairy industry of uh, why these prices are doing what they're doing. Speaking of prices, we'll find out what's going on with livestock. Rocky's going to join us next from Premier Livestock over in the uh, over in the uh, Withy area. And Premier Livestock brought to you by Wheat and Grain. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's Thursday already. Market week is rapidly sneaking by. But Rocky's on top of it over Premier Livestock over there in the Withy area. Morning, Rocky. Morning. Well, nice morning, nice weather. How's the market been holding up this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. I'll tell you about it. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how uh, yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. Uh, we did sell 275 head of dairy cattle uh, with five complete herd dispersals, majority of them being tie stall cows, lots of colored breeds. We had lots of organics, uh, better quality fresh cows, about 17 to 21. Uh, many other cows from 12 to 16.75. Those lesser quality and blemish cows and heifers, 11.75 and down. Uh, top Holstein spring and heifers, uh, better quality. Sold from 1250 up to 1950. Uh, next week, Wednesday's dairy cattle auction. If you're looking for the really, really good cattle, uh, you want to look at next week's sale. We kind of got a stellar lineup. Uh, we got a parlor freestyle herd, 100 Holstein cows, going to be 40 years of AI breeding. Uh, we have another herd of 40 deep pedigreed registered Holstein and red Holsteins. The catalog, a full uh, multi generation catalog, is already on the website. Uh, we got several, I mean, lots of top loads of fresh two and three year old fresh cows uh, some of the very best that we sell next week very impressive lineup uh, that full list on premier livestock and auctions.com also next week a special feeder cattle bread stock cow auction uh, we're expecting once again right at about a thousand head of feeder cattle uh, call in those consignments very important to get your cattle listed uh, questions call us 715-229-2500 machinery auction november 18th next week wednesday is the advertising deadline uh really work on getting that equipment in here guys so the last day to bring equipment is november 7th and we might fill up before that with the smaller items so if you're bringing stuff uh, you probably want to call make sure we're still accepting uh for that sale uh the bigger items you're probably going to be okay but uh, definitely the smaller items call ahead so that is the way it's shaping up bob sounds good well from the weather forecast doesn't look like you're gonna have to Plow the lot anytime before the sale. Don't even mention it. <laughs> <laughs> See if I it's get always, your attention. It's always, a, it's always a worry. Oh, that is a worry this time of the year, but looks good. Hey, Rocky, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later on. Have a great day. There Bye. he goes. That's Rocky over there. Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And as we said, no reason to put the snow plow on yet. The pickup uh, doesn't need to be uh, hooked up 
because the weather looks good. Uh, let's get over to Skywarn 13 right now. Check in with Mike Dandry over there, and this is pretty nice stuff, Mike. I would have to agree with you on that. You don't see this too often at the end of October and beginning of November. Remember, two years ago, we had well, we had snow on the ground this time of year. I know, it, and Halloween should be an absolutely beautiful evening for the kids. Oh, absolutely. They won't need to wear those uh, sweaters over top of their, uh, of their Halloween costumes. But today, well, it'll still be above average. We're expecting to get into the mid-50s, despite the fact that we'll have a good bit of cloud cover moving in. We, we will have a few peaks of sunshine here and there, but later tonight, mostly cloudy skies hang around. At least through the first half of the overnight as we dip to around the 40-degree mark. Some places may dip into the upper 30s. But then we'll start off tomorrow maybe with a few remaining clouds. But then we'll become sunny later on in the day. And we'll keep those winds out of the south. And that's what's going to help warm us up to around the 60-degree mark. Upper 30s, mostly clear tomorrow night. And then low to mid-60s throughout the weekend. More sunshine on Saturday and a few more clouds on Sunday. Monday, sunshine returns again, low 60s for our highs, and around Monday night, mid-40s for our lows, partly cloudy, so again, a very good evening for some of those trick-or-treaters, and then we'll keep those low to mid-60s throughout the middle of next week, more sunshine in store for Tuesday, but a few more clouds trickle in on Wednesday. At the moment, we are seeing a few clouds roll into our neck of the woods right now, and a temperature of 31 degrees in Eau Claire. Keeping the top down for a few more days. Yep, and Bob, I heard you talking baseball earlier. Now, the big question is, where do you think Rizzo's going to go in the offseason? Is he a free agent again already? Apparently, he's declining his player option. He is, mm-hmm. the, with the Yankees, huh? Yep. Man, oh man, I don't know where he's going to end up. It's, it's hard to say. He's good, but I don't know how much money he deserves. These guys are so overpaid, it's unbelievable. Uh, you could say that again. Where but, do you uh, think he's going? Uh... I honestly, I think that he would actually go to Boston, and I know that that sounds weird being that he's with the Yanks now, but wouldn't it be nice to see him in uh, in Wisconsin? Well, it would be, but uh, I don't think we can afford him. I don't think so either. It was nice to have McCutcheon, but, That's you know. Right. Yeah, it is. Well, I hope McCutcheon comes back. He has a nice year, actually, for advanced age as he was. Yeah, advanced age in his 30s. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> whatever it's worth. Alright, thank you, Michael. Absolutely, Bob. Have a good one. You bet. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with the weather on wax. And uh, we're going to get to our local news coming up. Morgan's waiting for us. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Uh, let's see what time it is. About 22 minutes before 6 o'clock already on a beautiful Thursday morning. Morgan is in the newsroom for us this morning. Well, we don't have to watch that screwball on TV try to defend himself anymore, huh? Jury came back two and a half hours. It's guilty. Darrell Brooks will spend the rest of his life in prison as a jury yesterday convicted him of the attack at Waukesha's Christmas Parade last November, finding him guilty on all 76 counts, including six counts of first-degree homicide. The jury was in for about two and a half hours to reach that verdict, and now Brooks is due back in court next week after the trial. Little 715 Newsroom coverage here with John DeMaster and reaction from the DA. The post-verdict press conference, District Attorney Susan Opper said Brooks' disruptive behavior as he represented himself at trial was deliberate. We truly believe that. Um, he did everything he can except claim that the dog ate his homework. Opper said her team remained focused on the victims of the tragedy and their families. They were a tremendous group of people to work for, and it was our honor to represent them and be a voice for them in the court. Jurors found Brooks guilty of all 76 charges against him in last November's attack that killed six and injured dozens more. A scheduling conference for Brooks to be sentenced is to take place next Monday.
I'm John DeMaster. In headlines closer to us, prosecutors are dropping the threat charges against a man who said he was going to shoot up Carson Park last 4th of July. The Eau Claire DA yesterday said that his pursuing a terroristic threat case against Joshua Cheek would not be in the interest of justice. And Cheek had made threats against Carson Park's celebration and against the group home where he lives. This was during an episode in the summer. The DA says now instead they're going to focus on the criminal damage to property charges that stemmed from that incident. Well, we go to the Bluffs in Lacrosse, where rescuers there had to use ropes and some know-how to get an injured man off of a bluff yesterday. He had fallen while riding his bike on a trail in Hickson Forest. Crews actually had to rappel down the bluff yesterday evening. It was taken to a local clinic to be checked out. Lacrosse firefighters say it did take about 12 rescuers total to get the man off of the bluff. Should be okay, though. Well, the state of Wisconsin is hitting a former coronavirus testing center with $22,000 in fines for false advertising. The Center for COVID Control said it could get people a PCR test within two days, but many people said they either got their tests late or never at all. The State Department of Ag and Consumer Protection announced the fine yesterday, and then the FBI raided the Center for COVID Control's national office in January, and that was part of a much larger investigation. And the snow fly isn't happening quite yet, but we all know the red nose that leads the way when it will. That beautiful, wonderful nose. Huh? Rudolph, Christmas is not off, and you're going to lead my team. I am. The man behind the iconic TV Christmas special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman, has died. Jules Bass was producer and director of the holiday specials that a lot of people know and, of course, make part of their own family holiday traditions. In fact, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has been shown every holiday season since 1964, making it the longest-running Christmas TV special in U.S. history. And with our uh, red nose to lead the way through the barn, we send it back to uh, Bob today in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax. One. 4.5. I did go bowling last night and had a few, but I don't think I've got a red nose. Uh, your secret's safe with me. <laughs> did you get any strikes? Uh, you, did you, did oh, you bowl a, a turkey? Yeah, I got a few. I got a few. You know, I'm thinking about the, the special, you know, the Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer and also the one about the, the kid who wants the 22 or the uh, oh, Christmas gun. story. Yeah. 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 And uh, also the one of. Uh, St. Nick, the the little short guy that in New York City who claimed he was Santa Claus Elf. and they took him to court. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that I don't yeah. remember the name of that. The Miracle on 34th Street, I think yeah. is what it was. But those are iconic movies and they never get old. I'm always a fan of the original Charlie Brown. That yep, little yep, Christmas yep. tree. <laughs> yep, that's about what ours ends up looking like after it lives through the dogs and the cats attacking say, it. Oh, that happened. <laughs> but... Uh, Tis the season, and if you don't believe me, go to the stores. They've already got their Christmas decorations Since about the 4th of July, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Thanks, Morgan. (laughs) Anytime, Bob. Okay, Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. we got a lot of work to do yet. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got the markets to get to, but a few other things going on around the area. And if you're in the uh, maple syrup industry, you might want to be in lacrosse the rest of the weekend, at least uh, through Saturday. The International Maple Conference is going on, and uh, that's happening down at the lacrosse center. There'll be a grading school involved with that as well. So maple syrup industry, international maple syrup industry is in lacrosse. For the rest of this week. Also, there's going to be a meet meeting today, and uh, it's going to be 
field um, for meat processors and industry professionals from 1 to 2.30 with uh, one hour of networking to follow. Now, if you're going to be uh, live, they're going to be down in the Madison area at the uh, Prairie Oak State Office Building. That's the DATCAP building. Or you can do it on Zoom as well, so you can contact those folks. Also, you want to take the kids out tonight, the Field of Screams 2022 Haunted Trail and Barn is open, and they'll be back open tonight from uh, 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock. So take the kids out there. That's, uh, of course, at the Rockin' TR Ranch, Curview Road, out west of Eau Claire. That's tonight, tomorrow, and on the 29th. So some things going on around the area. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got 31 degrees, looking for about 56. Partly cloudy, partly sunny day today. Shouldn't be too bad. Let's get some markets. Go to Amber up at the Barron Market. What happened yesterday, Amber? Pet cattle, high-yielding choice Holstein steers sold from $1.25 to $1.3750. Choice Holstein steers sold from $1.14 to $1.24. Unfinished steers and heifers sold from $1.13 and down. Cow cows, the top 20%, sold from 72 to 78 topping out at $78.50. 60 percent sold from 54 to 71 and the bottom 20 percent sold from 53 and down cowboys sold from 84 to 97 calves quality Holstein bull calves sold from 60 to 140 topping out at 150 light and poor quality calves sold from 50 and down beef calves sold from 100 to 215 our next sheep goat small animal and beef sale is november 12th at 10 a.m if you have any questions please contact al Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the folks at Star Blends are also sponsors of our Wax Farm Truck. And if you want to see Star Blends on the side of the truck, head to Indianapolis because that's where it is. Jill has it down at the FFA convention, but uh, thanks to Star Blends for riding along with us. And let's ride down to Sparta right now and stop there. Hud Eamon has the report. Fed cattle selling steady to stronger today. With the high-yielding choice beef steers and heifers, 150 to 159 with a top of 161.50. The choice beef steers and heifers, 139 to 149. The dairy cross steers, 130 to 145. The high-yielding choice Holstein steers, 137 to 144 with a top of 145. The choice and select Holstein steers, 126 to 136 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers, 125 and down. Cow market steady with the Highland cows 76 to 86 with a top of 87.50. The cutters and utilities 60 to 75. The low yielding and canner cows 59 and down. Bull market steady with most bulls being 80 to 95. With the thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at 79 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing 80 to 140. The quality Holstein heifer calves 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves $2 at $3.50 with the light and poor quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Monday, October 31st, starting at 12.30 with hogs, followed by calves. Fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hot Aim to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's time for Jer over there as we're 10 minutes away from 6 o'clock. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Good morning, Jer. How you doing? A little cool over in uh, your part of the country in Marathon County? Oh, good morning to you, Bob. Yes, it is. Uh, 27 degrees right now, but didn't have to worry about swatting any mosquitoes or Asian beetles this morning. <laughs> no, I think they're pretty much out of the way, but uh, didn't see too many of them actually this year either, those beetles, but uh, that doesn't bother me at all. Well, where are we uh, at? Thursday morning already over there at Stratford. How's the week gone? 
All right, Bob, we'll recap the week for everybody, and I thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Wednesday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the feeder cattle auction yesterday. A big run of feeder cattle yesterday at Equity Stratford. Strong demand continues on feeder cattle. Lighterweight beef steers yesterday, these uh, new crop calves, selling mostly from 150 up to 215. Uh, four to six weight steers yesterday, beef steers, 140 to 187. Heavier beef steers on yesterday's auction, mostly from 120 to 160. Lighterweight beef heifers yesterday from 140 to 212. Uh, your middleweight beef heifers mostly from 110 to 180. Heavier beef heifers uh, from 110 to 140. Holstein steers yesterday, about all weights of Holstein, sold in a range from 105 to 121. Now we'll get into the market auction yesterday on the Fed cattle yesterday. Choice grading beef steers uh, were selling from uh, 127 to 144. Choice grading Holstein steers from $1.18 to $1.32. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 133 to 137.5. Uh, select grading cattle under finished cattle, 112 and below. On the cow market, high-yielding of fleshy Holstein cows yesterday, selling from 72 to 84. Extreme top of the cows has reached 87. Most of the cows yesterday's auction selling from 51 to 71. Thinner cows below the $50 money. On the bull trade, better quality bulls are between 87 and 105. Lighter bulls, 85 and below. Now on the calf market, good quality bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, selling mostly 50 to 150. Extreme top of the bull calves at 160. Heifer calves mostly 20 to 60. Your good quality beef calves are at 175 to 350. And uh, we are at Thursday already. Our auction this morning starts at 11 a.m. Full marketing date here. We sell market cattle today. Fed cattle, uh, baby calves, we'll get to those about 1230 this afternoon. And just want to look ahead. Uh, full marketing week next week at Equity Stratford, a rather busy week. Uh, uh, full marketing day, of course, on Halloween on the 31st. Our next dairy sale will be November 1st, next Tuesday. We do have a very nice complete reversal of 40 registered Holstein cows for that sale next week, along with the black and whites in that herd. There will be some red and whites. Very nice uh, components on that herd, 4-3 fat, 3-1 protein. Again, those will be offered here in Stratford next Tuesday, and don't forget next Wednesday will be our special red-hided cattle sale featuring red-hided so all that information is on our website. We encourage you folks to take a look at that, Equity Co-op, on the Stratford page. And, uh, Bob, with that, we'll turn it back to you. And uh, it's another nice fall day in the uh, in the offing here. Oh, we're going to have more than one nice fall day. We're going to have uh, five, six, seven of them in a row here. So uh, enjoy it. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. Enjoy the day, and I thank you. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the market's brought to you by Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland. Board of Trade corn yesterday a little lower at the close of the day trade. The harvest pressure, beans a little higher, demand for soy oil. Overnight, December corn up two cents at six eighty-seven a bushel this morning. December oats up four at three sixty-one. December wheat up nine at eight forty-nine. November beans up six at thirteen eighty-eight. Meal for December up two eighty a ton at four hundred eleven dollars and fifty cents. Country elevator prices: wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls corn six thirty-two, beans thirteen twenty-eight at their Connersville location. The corn is six twenty-seven, beans at thirteen. 18 on the DTN screen at Golden Plump. Corn is 647 at Baldwin and Mondovi. 632 on the corn. 1302 on the beans. Durand 622 and 1292. The corn at Elmwood priced at 632 today. 
The Beans at 1307. Fall Creek, 617 and 1267. Osseo Corn, 637. Beans at 1307. Out at Elk Mound, the soybeans today are 1312. In Sparta, 629 on the corn, 1296 on the beans. At Ellsworth, 612 and 1252. And at the ethanol plants, corn at Boyceville, 637. Stanley, 636. New Richmond Grain Facility, 634. Cheese prices down under two dollars. Barrel cheese fell two and a half to a dollar ninety-eight. The blocks four and a quarter to one ninety-nine and three quarters. Butter at three fifteen a pound down a quarter of a cent. October class three twenty-one seventy-eight unchanged. November twenty forty-seven down thirty-eight. December down twenty-five at nineteen ten. January down sixteen at nineteen thirteen. February down fifteen at nineteen thirty-three. Hey, don't forget win a half a hog for the harvest. You can win a half a hog and a chest freezer courtesy of Smith Brothers Meats of Colby and Abbotsford Appliance. Because that chest freezer for you. It's a way for us to say uh, thank you for all your hard work. The farm team giving the gift of pork this season. All you have to do to register, go to the Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com or on your app to register. And uh, thanks to all of our farmers out there. Because uh, you work hard, and uh, hopefully we uh, do a few things to make your job a little easier here on the Farm Show on Wax, including telling you that the weather's going to be nice today. About 56, partly sunny, a few clouds out there, but it's good harvesting weather. Get out and enjoy it, and do it safely. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.